Hello, I'm Paul. And I'm Eli. It's Saturday morning. It's nine o'clock. And it's time for the Saturday morning showdown. Come and join yeah, us. Yeah, come hey. on, everybody. Yeah, come in here. Now put that away. I hate you and your fucking noodle posse. Cheap Show, the economy comedy podcast. I am Paul, and that is Eli, and we're doing something a little bit different this week. I thought we'd do something a little bit fun, a little bit nostalgic, a little bit lovely. A little bit this, a little bit that, a little bit about your father and a cat, a little bit of this. Is that a real song? No. A little bit of that, a little bit of this, a little bit of mummy in a jar full of piss, a little bit of this, a little bit of that, a little bit of daddy inside of a cat. Daddy, why is it daddy? Animals, daddy. Immediately, the Freudian river. A little bit of this, a little bit of that, a little forth. bit of spoff in the top of my hat, yes. a little bit of that, and a little That's bit of this, more like it. and a little bit of bris on this, a little bit of glist on the, a little bit of glist on this, a little mist of glist in the air, and that's right. We've got off the rails already a minute in. Great. It's Saturday morning TV. Woo! So, um, what we're doing this week is we're going to pit four classic Saturday morning kids TV shows against each other to see which comes out as top best. But we're not just going to talk about the details and the facts and the fancies of the show. We're not. The facts and the fancies. The facts and the fancies of the I, show. What's a fancy? Uh, Name one like a fancy. Like a, okay. like, a, like, a, like a fancy fruit. Like not a fact, which was like broadcast in 1982 like on the ATV. Bread. You're talking about like a sweetbread. Yeah. Which is, can be animals' genitals. Sweetbread. Right, okay, so. Fried in breadcrumbs. Pig bollock in breadcrumbs, Paul. Sliced, nice. A little bit of a, maybe a creme fraiche on the side. Crispy pig bollock. <laughs> Paul, we should say to our international listenership as well, these are all British Saturday morning TV shows because there must be equivalents in other parts of the world. I don't know. It's a good question. I don't know if there was ever a proper equivalent. Let's just get back to my point. So we're going to judge this, <laughs> not just exactly on the details of the shows and the history. We're going to look at some of the merchandise that came out for these shows back in the day. We've a- and I have secured a thing like annuals and records and books and all sorts. He's got a good, good little collection, sorts. a little cachet, a, a little, little tranche. A little, uh, a poultice of not pleasurable. Not a poultice. Don't fucking it's a Saturday overuse morning poultice. poultice. Don't. Don't overuse poultice, Listen. Paul. By the way, spuffy poultice jizz and clop. No, Coffee I didn't busy, say poultice. Jizzle, bop. You know, it's all the same Tranche. A cachet or tranche. <laughs> That's what we've got. A tranche or cachet attache. of some interesting items. No, not attache. Attache. We all fall down. <laughs> <laughs> a lovely little 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 collection of stuff that you've uh, we amassed. Have. So we're going to look at each of these shows with all of their associated merchandise. And at the end of the show, we're going to judge which one we think is best. Yes. I think that's first. So on the docket tonight, today, this morning, tomorrow, we are going to be looking at... Tis was. Tis was. Tis was, which was an ATV morning, Saturday morning show. And then there was Swap Shop on the BBC. 
very few recollections of that. We're going to be talking about number 73, which was Again, the ITV just equivalent. Again, hating it. Hating and, it. Great. And then finally, to end... On such a high note, we'll be talking about Saturday Superstore. Utter shit, really. <laughs> so there we go. Yeah. We don't have to listen now. There's Eli's point. No, so I'll see you no. next week. I'm, I'm going to play fair. And by the rules you've set out at the beginning of the episode, Paul, yeah. I will look at the merch and judge it purely on the quality of the merch that we have before us. Is that what you would like me to do? I would like to do that, yes. I, and just be with cleanse this, with my this, mind. With this, with, with... As it were, cleanse. Uh, so I have a blank slate. I only exist <laughs> to... <laughs> To assess merch. That's it. I'm like a being born fresh you're into the world. You're a merch assessment man. Merch ma- assessment. Merch assessment man. Yes, you're merch assessment man. <laughs> okay. I want you to assess the merch man. I will, man. Yeah? Good. God, you're <laughs> fucking annoying. No, right. you, you haven't done enough research for I've this. done all the research. What research have you done? Did I've... you go out and look for any of this stuff? Did you collate any of this stuff? I no, found the Mike you've back done nothing. Collection. You've done nothing. You add nothing. All you do is you sit there and bark Oh, spunk this is what words. this is going to turn into, is yeah. it? I haven't said any spunk words. I'm just saying I'm up for this competition. I said I will play by the rules you've set out. How is that not cooperating? I had a chodney bit. I had a little Chodney spot off bit. I know. Ready to go. And I was humming it to myself before you arrived today. Before you arrived, I had a whole thing, you know, like, you say Chodney, we say Borov. A bit like that. It was a bit like that. No, what was it to the tune of? It was to the tune of. (laughs) Fucking annoying, poor sign cretin. I'll remember. Just for you, because of this, poor sign. Yes. How dare you? I'm not having any of this from you today. This is a very serious episode for me. I want us to. Fine forensically judge which one of these arbitrary things in the past is best. Okay. Right? And we've got those shows. Now. You've put me in my place. I have. Fucking hell. Do you want to mention before we get started about your hat that you're wearing right now? I've got a cup needles hat. doesn't matter. Needles aren't important to you anymore. Nothing's important to you <laughs> anymore on this podcast, I've got a letter who sent it. Hang on. I should have pulled that out. Hang on. Uh, uh, His back hurts, uh, everybody. I don't complain about it like you do every week when you get hungover. You're, I have, not, have I complained ah, about rah, 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 rah. it? I have been nothing but a gentleman this episode so far. Ben in London. All business. Got you a Nissan cup noodle hat in a TK Maxx. Loves the show. Keep up the good work. Thought of you when he got it. Thank, Thank you, you very much. Wonderful I'm wearing stuff, it now. Ben. It is a cup Nissan cup noodles official it's- merch. Pictures on our website, thecheapshow.co.uk. And I feel like a proper podcaster now because I'm you wearing do. it as I do the podcast. Yeah, you do look like one of those horrible American podcasters that dresses up in sportswear for a conversation. Yeah, about just have another go and insult our, our and insult our listener who sent it as well. I'm not insulting you, Ben. No, just insult everyone. Insult me. No, I'm not. I'm insulting no, you no. because I can and you deserve it. I do not. You are. You're. You're bovine. Moo, you big moo bovine twat. You are. Great. This, oh, is, this is great, isn't it? Chewing the cud, are you? Yeah. All got full stomachs, have you? You big cow. You equestrian cock. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, if I was an equestrian cock, it'd be quite a big one, yeah, wouldn't it? would it? be a big one. It'd, it'd be, be a good old ugly one. Yes, but you wouldn't have to sort of scoop the whole hardened wax bits and get caught under their foreskins out, would you? What way? Hey, hang on. I saw a picture of it on Twitter and I've never recovered, basically. What, you came that hard? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, scoop that. Are we going to do the foreskin. first fucking show? What scoop we that doing? funky foreskin, white boy. <laughs> oh, oh. <laughs> scoop that funky foreskin out. Waxy hard. Suck on that. that horse foreskin till you get the gooey in your yeah. mouth. <laughs> <laughs> boom, boom. <laughs> 
That's like, another good reference to. He must have been on Saturday morning TV. Hey, well, interesting. Let's jump the gun a little bit. Remember, we're going to talk about Swap Shop later in the show. Yes. They did bring that back later, in not too long ago, but it was fronted by Basil Brush. It was fronted when it but came back. But it wasn't back. a Saturday morning show. It was just a kids' show called Basil Brush's Swap Shop. Do you think he appeared on the uh, on the original he one? Though? Must have. He was on everything, point. wasn't he? He was on everything. He was. He was. He would have been a banging around at that time. Now, the only reason he might not have been on it was if he was an ITV property and not a BBC one, but yes. I don't know how that all works. We have spoken about him because we had an LP of Basil Brush's We've literally stuff. spoken to Basil Brush as well. Oh, yeah, we spoke to Back him in the as day, well. Uh, in that 28-hour uh, comic release we thing. Did, and we would have broken it if the Guinness Book of Records well, hadn't gone, oh, you didn't tell us in time, give us £500. And well, I was like, no, I told you about six months ago we were going to do it. No, so. fuck them. So fuck them. Fuck them. Fuck the Guinness Book of World Records, and you can take that to the bank. McWhirter the Squirter. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm about to break the Guinness Book of World Records for filling a corpse with cum. Oh, <laughs> are you? Where are you doing that? I don't know why I said that. I don't know. He just... Shall we just start this thing? I'm ready. I've got Let's my... start this show. Yeah. Boys and girls, it's yeah. Saturday morning. Let's go wild in the aisles. That's supermarket sweep. <laughs> right. Let's start this. Right, we're ready to go. It's Saturday morning, so let's begin with the progenitor of it all. Tis was. Tis was. Roll the credits. Oh, roll it. Yes, we're starting with Tiz Was because chronologically... It was the first. Tiz Was was the first. Now, I know like a lot of people quite rightly give credit to Swap Shop for the Saturday morning show genre. I think what it is, is Swap Shop is much more typical and sort of established the actual style yeah. that was carried forward by the later shows. Tiz yeah, Was was mean, its own it thing. It established Tiz all those... Was was just a show that happened to inhabit that slot do you see what i mean well if we want to go but into was the... before was before it. yeah if yeah. we want to go into the brief history of uk saturday morning tv what happened was at the weekend there was filler programming you know like cartoons uh weird little kind of short films from around the world just anything was thrown in for kids for kids to you know for, to get up and what began in 1974 if i remember rightly was ATV, which was a production company that would make programming for the regions in ITV, because ITV wasn't really called ITV then, was it? I don't really remember. It was just a bunch of um, associated regional companies, wasn't it? Whereas the BBC broadcast to the nation on commercial channels, they were all made by independently regional 
production companies. And used to have different ones on the weekend as well. Yeah. Weirdly. Weirdly. Yeah. So, like, f- f- in the UK, it was bizarre. So, you were, in terms of the commercial countries, it was cut up into Welsh TV, which was, you know, S4C. And then you had Time Teens and Central and Granada. Which meant you were, Border. when you watched ITV in different parts of the country, you had quite, quite different, different programs. programs and programming. Yeah. Didn't you? You know. So, what they made in 74 was a thing called This Is Saturday. And This Is Saturday basically took all the shows they were already showing, all the cartoons and the crap things and the repeats, and linked them with, just with like Tarrant and stuff, coming in and doing little bits of stuff. Just between a link. Them. It was links. Literally just yeah. links. But then as it developed and grew, I mean, this is the very, very broad version history of it. But as it grew, This Is Saturday became This Is Saturday Watch and Smile, which is Tis Was. Yes, now, I don't remember Tizwas ever ha- containing other programming, like other cartoons or other bits and pieces. Did it? I think it must have. Well, it started as Link, so it did. But then it, was something, but it was, was something you tuned in to watch Tizwas. You didn't tune in to watch, you know, whatever, the like the Mr. T cartoon or no, whatever that whatever was on they it. were showing. Yeah. But I think what happened is the space between those features got more distant as they started doing the, the water throwing and the sketches and the games. That's and what the, I mean. It became madness. its own thing. Yeah. And I think I probably watched it right at the end of its run. It didn't actually become national until the last year. No, it started regional. Yeah. It started regional and then... ITV was it chaining in the around. Midlands. It was in the Midlands, wasn't it? No, I forgot what the point was now. Tis was good. Tis was started in the Midlands, and then it didn't become a national TV show until five years into its run. No, no, it, it, it was it was slowly metered out across the country, network by network. So a lot of people, I don't even, I mean, I think it says like it didn't get to Ireland and uh, and Granada until like 8081, which is right at the end of its run. So that's why I think, like, in my generation, I wasn't familiar with Tiswas until much later because I wasn't exposed to it growing up in the Granada region. Right. As far as I remember, anyway. It was a big deal in my early childhood. Do you watch it? Yeah. Okay. It was a naughty thing because I didn't have TV because we we were... Hippies. I didn't have TV until it was that a family-made decision. It was like we're not going to have TVs in this house. Absolutely, because they breathe yeah. the devil. Yeah, absolutely. But or not the devil. It, they were like make you dumb. Yeah, um, because they were big hippies. My parents. But when I went round to my friend's house and stayed the night on a Friday, yeah. then I'd be exposed to Tizwas. And of course, everyone used to talk about it. Tizwas in the playground and stuff, you know. Because it was kind of naughty, wasn't it? Yeah, and so for me, it had that even specialer frisson. Yeah, because it was illicit. And I didn't see it very often, but when I did, it was like, what, oh my, oh my God. I can't believe they're, they're getting away with each this. other. Yeah. They're throwing buckets at each other. And then, it had, of course, Lenny Henry was introduced. That must have been the first time I ever saw Lenny Henry. Yeah, because I know he was banging around on things like New Faces beforehand. He wasn't exactly unfamiliar with TV by the time he did Tiswas. No. It just wasn't, like, he wasn't a well-known name across the He was the on his way to being, yeah. with his famous David Bellamy impression. Uh, Grambly Gramble Grove. Which is on that record, isn't it? The LP, we've got the LP. Yeah, well, this is where we get into it now. So, we could just talk about the history of this. There's no real point, but effectively, it was a anarchic Saturday morning show with interviews and competitions and games hosted by, and this is the cast, because I've got the annual here. They're on the back cover, mate. Well, no, two of them are, yeah. Oh. So you've got Chris Tarrant, right? You've got Chris Tarrant, and we all know Chris Tarrant, because even if you don't know him, like international uh, listeners, if they don't know him, they will know who wants to be a millionaire, which was the biggest thing Tarrant ever got involved with and probably secured his grotesque wealth for the rest of I his life. I think he was quite grotesquely wealth, wealthy before that, even. Yeah, because that was Celador, yeah. wasn't it? And he had a hand in Celador, mm. because that was born from 
actually, the truths of Celador probably go back to Tiswas. You think? I would have thought so in some respect. Well, he was the only one who's sort of like a, still a name, at least in Britain, that you'd recognise. Like, he certainly, he, you know, he's popped in and out of re- relevance reasonably well over the course of his career. He was a good host, I guess, on that show, wasn't he's like, he? like, you know, he's, he can be an annoying presence, but in all honesty, he was good at what he did. It's when like, you put him up against similar figures, Clarkson, you know, or, oh, yeah. or Edmonds. Edmonds. You know what I mean? He comes, he comes off, you know, fairly, fairly well. <laughs> yeah, I've heard all about that. What uh, do you mean? Are you he, suggesting I would knob off that Tarrant? What I was, Is that what you? Yeah, that what? Wasn't what I was. You've heard about what? Me having sex with Chris Tarrant? That's what you've heard about? Is that what you're implying? Have you? I'm some, some kind of fetch boy for Tarrant. No, I, I go around there and I'm like some kind of curtain-dwelling fetch boy for Tarrant. Is that what you're fucking suggesting? I go around there. Do you get a phone call on Saturday night and all you pick up, you pick up and you, all you hear is his voice go, Eli got Tarrant? <laughs> and then you go over and you perform a little Is that what you're suggesting? Because he's insulting to me again. You bum Edmonds. Is that the best you've got? <laughs> Fucking hell. <laughs> Here's me sitting there thinking, um, who wants to be a Willie Snare? <laughs> yeah, don't or, think. Go straight for the... You know, who... Uh, yeah. Tis Spoff. Tis Spoff. <laughs> no, that's, no, but that brings me back. Talking of Spoff, yeah. Paul, it brings me back. Does it? Do you think Tis was, in a lot of ways, is now seen as being very ahead of its time in a lot of ways? Not only being the progenitor of the Saturday morning format, yeah. but also in terms of the gunk. The gunk was it? They the never first really time had gunk though. They had water, but gu- what did that turn into gunk? No, the Over closest the they got was the pie flinger. Whatever, remember that the guy? The pie flinger. That was my favourite bit, and he's very central to the whole thing. And he looks like the Sandy Man, doesn't he? He's I a think dark he was figure. brought he in like quite late. But you see the lo- logo there. He's like there. a spy, isn't he? He looks like the spy versus spy spy, but, but with he's with pies or flan flinger. It's something it's like flan that. flinging. So apparently, like he Tarrant got Tiswad started because he was brought in as a newsreader first, and was asked to uh, produce, help produce Tiz Was. And then he became in front of the camera, and it's got a very long story short, then he started being executive producer. So he was completely in charge of Tiz Was from at least the second series onwards. He really was a, probably a very ambitious young man. Like Edmunds. Yeah. You look at, like, Edmunds at that but time, less and we grating, will later. Less grating, more talented than well, Edmunds. The problem with Tarrant is, no, not the problem with Tarrant, the thing with Tarrant is, you get the impression that he's not too dissimilar in terms of, you know, focus with his career. Except he doesn't go, have you seen my house and my farm and my car and my yes. tractor and my helicopter? It's not a big show-off. Where Noel Edmonds is like, have you seen my car and my cows yeah. and my helicopter? And, and my like, app? who's this? Someone says we're very bad. And then he'll, you know, he'll, he re- there's that clip of him reading out someone's yeah. complaint about his show. And then go, actually, we've got the best viewing figures in the world. So I think Which is you, ridiculous. Mrs. That's Henderson like... of Enfield should shut your mouth. Do you yeah. know what I mean? It's but like, that would be like Hitler going on TV and saying... Yeah. Someone said the Nazis are bad, yeah. but do you know there were 14 million of us? I think you'll find, <laughs> yeah, you know what yeah, I mean? It's like, yeah. that's not an argument, no, <laughs> at all. <laughs> yeah, I love it. Um, who suggested you become presenter of Tiswas? There's an interview in this Comparing book. Comparing Noel to Hitler. How many minutes in are we? Everybody <laughs> <laughs> bummed Noel and hit Noel is Hitler. Um, apparently, Peter Harris suggested Chris Tarrant present who as is well Peter? as. Should I know who well, Peter Harris is? He went on is. to direct. A large percentage of the Muppet Show. He directed the Muppet Show for for Henson, which was through ATV. Ah, Lou Grade, Lou who Grade owned that. Created Tiswas. Now, funnily enough, Lou Grade didn't like Tiswas, but he did like the ratings, so he kind of left it alone. What didn't he like? The anarchic sort he of rudeness. Did, yeah, of he it. thought it was rude and bad TV. That's and what unprofessional. really made it special at the time for kids. I think 
is that it had yeah, a sort exactly. of feeling of danger about it. Slight feeling of danger. And this annual, the Tears Was Annual, which I think is the first one. I don't know if he did many, but this is definitely the first Tears Was album. It says here, what are your ambitions for Tears Was? And this is... This we're, is we're, the annual, the book you have, hard Which cover. is £1.95 back See, in the day. See photos of all, this, all of this merch uh, on our website, by the way. So this is 80. This came out in 1980. So this is just Again, as it's towards like, the end of the last two years of the run. Well, at this point, it was it was more nationwide than it had been at the start. So more people knew what Tiz Was was to yes. warrant the merch, I guess. Yeah. But it says, what are your ambitions? And he goes, I think that aspects of Tiz Was will become a great late night show. The team could do lots of shows in clubs. And I would like to see it as a live late show, which is eventually what became OTT, which was over the top, the adult Tiz was. And I have no recollection of that because I was a kid at the time. Similar cast. Have you seen it? There's clips online, but basically imagine the same but with Alexi Sale instead of Lenny and Henry. actual poo jokes, poo and dick jokes. I don't think it was anything Willie's like that, but I think it was probably jokes. a few more ladies in skimpy clothing. I bet there's I'd, a lot more I'd have that. to watch What makes that. it late night is what I'm asking. Tarrant Just... literally beating the bean of his uh, wife. I'll tell you. <laughs> <laughs> How's he beating it? We're, Who wants to be a fiddler perv? Uh, you know, no, I know it wasn't that, but I mean... We'd have, you know what, we can do a follow-up, because there are some things in this episode that we don't either have time or access to right now, and I do want to do a proper follow-up to this. So we can do OTT okay. then, right? It's funny that he's mentioning it in the annual. And it's true, because I think at some point, when you're doing kids' TV for so long, you kind of go, can I do adult stuff now, please, Doctor? Yeah. You know, so it makes sense that he's thinking, I can take the former and make it for adults, because adults would watch Tiz Was as well as the kids, because they were all wrapped up in the silliness. Yes. Anyway, you've also got John Gorman in the show, according to the annual. John Gorman was part of... The Scaffold. Exactly. And that had whose brother in? Uh, Roger McGough. No, Paul McCartney's brother was in the oh, scaffold, I'm wasn't sorry. he? Oh, I'm sorry, yeah. So, there's the facts about John Gorman you need. <laughs> <laughs> no, to be fair, it says he was very excited to be a part of it, and, and he was part of a group called the Blue Angels. And long story short, they were a musical act, originally the scaffold, but they were told yes. to add more comedy to make it more TV-friendly. Oh, I see. Which was kind of similar to what happened with Billy Connolly. He was like, you Absolutely. Know, and what was his group called? Which had uh, Jerry Rafferty. Which had Jerry Rafferty yeah, yeah, yeah. of Baker Street. Which Man. is actually a pretty good album. You can get one of the albums of the Humble Bums, and there's a few little bits of th- yeah. dialogue and, in between the songs. Uh, Jasper Carrot was also a singer at first, wasn't he? A folk singer. And funnily enough, Jasper Carrot is Pops who writer! Is literally in this book. He goes, uh, the interview in the annual says, how did you, John Gorman, become involved with Tiz Was? And he says, Jasper Carrot recommended me to the producer, and go. I did three or four shows. And That's uh, where Chris they were sourcing. Producing. Weirdly, they were sourcing comedy from the... The regions. From the folk scene, though, yeah. from the musicians, bizarrely, at that time. So John Gorman was a part of the, the musical side of Tiswas, and there was a big musical side, which we'll get to in a minute. Um, Sally James is the next one. Sally James was the lady that made men go crazy. So she was like daddy's special, daddy's favourite. Well, there's a weird thing in this country where we sexualise the mumsiness of certain female presenters. So, like, Sally James would be an example. Half the early female Blue she, is Peter she presenters. Is she mumsy? Yeah, She's more it, like a bit of posh totty, I No, thought. but you know that whole kind of simple, oh, wouldn't say bum on TV kind of thing? And yeah. There's, there's a sexualisation to that, which Definitely. as that generation got older, would be like, yeah, fucking Sally James. I would give it a one there or was. two yeah. in the back of my white Ford fucking escort. Yeah. yeah. There's a sort of tokenism as well, a bit, with her. But we've as dealt well, with Sally there? James before on the show, because remember she had that she had her own Saturday that morning LP- TV that we listened to where she was interviewing interviewing... Gary Glitter oh that was excellent where'd you get your inspiration I touch kids (laughs) and then I write about kids touching me and then I run off to Thailand that's what I was going to do the Spodney Chud off to the theme of what I love you love Spodney Chud I chop 
a chutney spotter. Um, in her interview, it says, what's it like being a Brenda? She said it's fun being a... Being a Brenda? Be, being a presenter. <laughs> she said, it, it, she, she keeps it very polite. She's all like, it's all fun and games and a bit mad and I can't quite hold, you know, wrestle. But that's them. what gives it a bit of charm, her, her on the show as well, is that sort of... Um, yeah, Saturday scene. Everyone's going crazy. There was yeah. actual real fear in her voice at some stages. Yeah, I, would, I, I wouldn't blame her if you're surrounded by hyperactive man-children. Health and safety nightmare, that show. If you look at any of the footage now, you think that is would not be allowed. Well, all the water stuff had to happen outside because uh, of all the, the cabling and the stuff like that. So, yeah. Electric, yeah. sorry. The Not electronics. electronics. Well, there's probably some electronics around. Winky! We'll get to that. We'll get to Winky. Um, so she started, this is a little interview. She's married. She used to do Saturday Scene. What's her favourite shows? She says Dallas and Sweeney, which is yeah. interesting. And um, how do you feel about having custard pies thrown at you? She says, I don't mind really. Although the dye that is used to colour the pies is very difficult to get off. Wow. It takes me about half an hour to completely clean up from a custard pie. And it causes cancer. So there you go. So <laughs> Sally James. Next, Bob Carroll G's, who is a northern comic known for having a dog that spat. Yep. That's all you need Didn't to know. did he have about. a monkey? He had a monkey as well. Oh, I hate that dog. No, you're thinking. No, that's, that's <laughs> Keith Harris. Although they all fucking fall in. But, I know. You know, that other nookie bear as well. Didn't he have a dog? He had a different one. Not just spit the dog. He, he look, had... There's a monkey there. Yeah, you're uh, right. There he has a, a monkey. monkey there. I knew it. But I think they're all silent. I fucking knew it. So but that's the Alan Partridge cheeky monkey thing, isn't he it? He chuckles the monkey. No, that's Keith Harris again. Yeah, but do you think Harris nicked it off Carol G's? Mate, no. Because if you're going to be a piss poor puppet man, your I... options are weird looking boy child dog oh, or monkey. puppet. It's only really the Keith Harris's who dare to reach outside and go, I'm going to go off piste and do a green duck. You can't do a green duck in an industry of fucking monkeys. Keith, you madman. Did they say he was mad to try it? Yeah, they, they told him they, they could. They were right as well, because Orville could, should just be consigned to uh, a fiery bin. Yes. I hate Orville. I'm sorry. I know it's got a lot of warm memories for a lot no, of kids. Orville sucks. But Orville is a, a dependent monstrous and whiny those little creepy cunt. eyelids it had you yeah know, like... and a nappy did keith harris have to change that nappy i know someone had to change that nappy it's probably keith's fucking I reckon suffering keith... wife wasn't it no keith washed it out with his keith, keith probably went to bed in a nappy i'm orville he'd probably say to his wife no he dressed and up then as smear all... get the nappy <laughs> here we go where's it going he's gonna get the nappy Smear it on his wife's face. Right, okay, good. Well, I'm really zinging this week. So, can I have a look at that? Because I, I have to judge the merch, mate. I haven't, had, so this, I haven't seen just, this. I will hand it to you now, but let me just show you. So the book is literally just full of interviews and segments and comedy sketches and games and facts about the show. It's kind of par for the course. Have a little look it's through It's a typical it. annual. Yeah. I like the oh, artwork. Mate, we might have to make this a two-part episode. Really? Because we're already talking about 20 minutes into this, and we haven't got... We've got three I'm, more of these to I do. I know. Well, so this let's is do typical two part. you, It's isn't two it? parts now, everyone. Well, we might dry up and only do... Mate, we've got Saturday Superstore to end. We're not drying <laughs> up because Mike Reed's getting rinsed. <laughs> Hello, good morning, and welcome to this, the... <laughs> very sad moment, this, because this is the final compost corner. <laughs> As you know, last week we did the penultimate compost corner. And of course, it's such a long, long, long time now since we did that very, very first ever compost corner. Be 
striking creature. It's really wonderful. It's really bright and alert and just note the colourful foliage. If I must say so, they look remarkably like a pair of dirty old greasy pyjamas. Ah, well, you see, this is like most other plants. It tends to spend most of its time in its beds. <laughs> in its bed. A flower in a bed. Well, I am dry this morning, Chris. Well, I'm sure we can rectify that. That's what I'm just doing. <laughs> The most remarkable thing about this plant, Chris, is its great power of foreseeing, hence the glasses. What? Why should it have glasses? Well, it's foreseeing. <laughs> the glasses foreseeing. This is what they want. Hang on, then. I'll, I'll just... Um, Push the remote control push button. remote control button. You're right, Chris. <laughs> <laughs> Try another one, Chris. You might get a whip tickler. The grape. What's small and round and burns cakes. Alfred the grape. What's small and round? Have and you noticed, Chris? Alfred the Great. Have you noticed, Chris? <laughs> that it never seems to laugh at its own jokes. Don't notice anybody else. I've, <laughs> I've seen it in cabaret. <laughs> but it does tend to giggle a lot, especially if you stick your finger up this little orifice. <laughs> Here, have a go. <laughs> So have a look for the book and see what catches your attention. It's got one of those, this used to be owned by someone because it's got their name it written on it. It used to be owned by someone called Ellen Cobb. Ellen Cobb, so if you're if listening, you're, we've got your book. If you're out Come there, Come and get Ellen, there, Ellen Cobb. Don't worry. I'll have yeah. a proper, I'll, I'll, what I'll do is if I am going to bunk over this, I'll uh, put a condom onto my knob first. Well, you could just put some uh, plastic sheeting over it if you I wanted to, some, uh, you know, let it yeah. run, run off. I love the artwork in this. It's, it's got cartoony. that nice, it's got that, yeah, it's, it, what kind of cartoon art is it? It's, it's almost... Caricature almost, yeah, or satirical but it's, style. It's, it's almost like, uh, there's, a, there's, a, there's a thick image in my mind, it's not like Mad Magazine, but it's not too dissimilar. Not too dissimilar, yeah. um, and also the colouring is beautiful in this. Yeah. The, 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 the printing is very good. Let's meet Chris Tarrant. Oh, all right. We've yeah. done that, we've done that. The first part of all the interviews I've just gone oh, through. Oh, that's all of them, yeah. and then, uh, yeah, right. nice artwork. And there's puzzles and games and things to do and, and all that kind of stuff. It's nice. There's a save the whale bit. Save the whale bit, yeah, because, you know, we've done a good job on that since 1980. So anything tickling your fancy in that book? Some famous people doing The Dying Fly. What was that? Something from the I show? I don't know. But that's on the album as well, The Dying Fly. Yeah, it's all these things. There's, there seems to be a lot of, like, lore of Tiswas. There's a lot of lore. Woven into the yes. annual, which probably makes a lot of sense then and less sense now without the context. So that's was, the other thing. But that was the other thing that I think appealed to children about Tiswas, is it, you felt like you were in a sort of gang or, like, it had its own... Yeah, yeah. Or club. Yeah, 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 like a clubhouse for loonies. Yeah, with its own special language and, and things I, that they referred to and stuff. There seems to be, like, an idea that British TV was quite staid and middle class, and Tiz Was was actually probably one of the first shows that appealed to kids of all class structures, you know? Bit more inclusive class-wise, yeah. When we get into Swap Shop, that middle-class Britain thing rings like a fucking bell. 
Whereas yeah. Tiz was, I think... A bit you know, more universal in terms of the classes, yeah. yeah. I think a bit more representational of maybe... Of the, of the of, region. Yeah, but that's where yeah. it started, didn't it, as yeah. well? It was more regional. Look, there's beer and, and some beer and Skittles there. That's very much like a pub you'd see in, in the yeah, north. Yeah, maybe. yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that's pretty good as annuals go. Yeah, because here's the other thing as well. The one of the reasons why we're not talking about things like Motormouth or Going Live is because there's fucking nothing for them in terms of merch. Really? There's no Going Live album. There's no Going but Live But those annual. were like, by the, that's the 90s Going Live now, isn't it? 80s was Going Live. Oh, really? 90s was Live and Kicking. But, but they again, just didn't do we, any like, stuff. Well, I mean, there was Trevin Simon swinging pants. Which we covered, but yeah. doesn't it's not quite the same as like Tiz Was and their songs, because they were inherently... Well, I mean, I guess it is the same, actually. It is the same thing. It continues. But it was less prevalent, let's just say that, as it went on. I think the early 80s was sort of the high point for children's TV. Well, because there was no online interaction, this was the kids' interaction. You buying the annual was your way of becoming part of the gang or closer to the show. How to be a village idiot. Qualifications. Have a small brain, funny stance and walk. Ability were uh, a vacant expression. Inability to read. Inability to write. Inability to add up. Inability to think. This could be your perfect oh, job, Mr. Oh, that's good, Paul. Yeah, well, yeah, I'm an idiot. Yeah, I'm sitting here. I'm an idiot. I'm an illiterate idiot. Am I also... About my knob. How small is my knob? Like the lid of a toothbrush? Toothpaste? thing um, you sprang that on me mate. i don't think we could you do sprang th- that on me i don't think this is a two-part episode it I is have to say it is how is it a two-part episode we've been talking for half an hour on got just this i've got nothing i've, I've started how about this then do you want to, the village idiot song i am the village idiot my name is Arium. i live in a little cottage with my dad and mum and a cow called rover and a dog called cat and if rhyme. you don't fancy this do you fancy that no. oh quack quack gobble gobble cluck a quack, quack, gobble, Can I have gobble, the first cluck. line again, please? Because I think I have a more uh, appropriate... Uh... I am the village idiot. My name is Ariel. And I have got a very dirty perineum. <laughs> <laughs> See, you've got stuff in Every Monday morning, you'll find me in the green with a silly grin upon my face and straw in my mouthpiece, ear, mouth, <laughs> spleen. In my ear, mouth, my spleen. My mouthpiece? <laughs> With a hedgehog and a boa constrictor and a Henry, my pet rat. And if you do not fancy this, do you fancy that? I fancy that. If a tourist asks me the way to somewhere else, I point him straight up and backwards and tell him it's half past three. That doesn't rhyme. If, it's because he's a fool. I guess. He's a And roll idiot. up use wallpaper and a cricket called bat. And if you don't... Oh, I mean, I'm not, I'm not a big fan of that. What Sally James file? Here's some questions. What's her favourite food? Do I have to guess? Yeah, you go off. Um... I think she probably likes sausage. No, I'm joking. Mate, the answer's steak, so it's not too far off. I'll give you sausage. What's her favourite pop band? 1980. Have a think. Her favourite... In 1980, her yeah. favourite band. Would I have known her? Yeah, you'd, you've heard the band. It surprised me. I didn't think she'd pick it, but that's a good one. Really? Yeah. Because it says Black Sabbath here. No, it doesn't. Doesn't at all. Blondie. <laughs> no. The answer is ELO. Of course. Yeah. Here's a newspaper. What's her favourite newspaper? The Daily Sun. Mail. The Mail. Nice. Fucking hell. Sally J. <laughs> you killed my bonger. Chris Tarrant file. What's his... What's his favourite food? Um, uh, bolognese. Kebabs. Really? Yeah, that's what it says here. Favourite music. Go on. Who do you think? The thing is, when he status says... Status quo. Exactly. It's fucking exactly status quo. Yes! It's like, how obvious could it have been? I read that wrong. It says, what's your favourite pet? And then it said girls. But then I read the, the oh, formatting's really? wrong. The formatting's wrong. So it's uh, hard to read. 
Um, all right, let's have a look. What is his favourite pet? Boa constrictor, it says here. I bet he didn't have a boa I constrictor. I bet he didn't fucking have a boa constrictor. Oh, no, King Cobra, it says there. Why is he trying to... He really wanted to get his knob out, didn't he? And it's he in really that wanted... song as well. I've got a boa constrictor called Henry. Yeah, it's like... Oh, really? Sally, it could be a great idea for a show. Yeah. I'm going to put a big snake your way, right? <laughs> A big snake, and you're going to wrestle with it, and then I'm going to just chuck water on you, Sally James. I'm going to chuck. Meanwhile, status quo is going to sing Sweet Caroline in the fucking background. Look. You know what I mean? Yeah. There is a sort of tension there, I, I feel. Yeah. What else is in this book? I want to have a little look. Come on, we got that. Famous people doing the dying fly, no one gives a fuck. The dying fly is dying a dying fly dance must move. be something that they got everyone to do. Like Lie on the floor, on your they... back, lift your legs up, bending at the knee. Bend your arms at the elbows and raise them upwards. Bend yeah. the hands at the wrist. Yeah. Yeah. Keep them straight and then roll on your back. Yeah. Should I do it now? No, because it's... And then there's lots of stuff about water. And that's it. There's the annual. Right, next, moving on. The annual? No, this is the <laughs> album. Maybe this shouldn't be a two-parter. <laughs> it so shouldn't. Uh, no, it is going to be, because this is going to be a really? long one. Yeah, fuck it. Mate, it gives me time to do stuff on the next week. <laughs> this is so I mean, still getting two episodes. <laughs> this is and the worst gonna episode be two ever. Hours. It's not going to be the... <laughs> it really is. <laughs> Tis was. No, uh, people from the 70s are going to love this episode, aren't oh, you? Oh, are they? Can you put that light on, please, for me? No, because I've got a bad back and you're closer. So you fucking do it. All right, he's putting the lights on. It's getting dark in here now. So Tis was released an album. And this is something that just doesn't happen these days either, does it? You don't get like a lot of TV shows releasing albums these days. Well, the format doesn't really exist. Well, yeah, I guess you're right. In that so you you might have a TV show that might have an associated pop song these days, wouldn't you? Maybe. Maybe. And it'd be available for download. I mean, YouTubers have pop songs that they do now. I mean, yeah, but there's no, there's nothing like this which is themed. This kind of episode was born from you getting that Buccaneers single. That's right. So, do you want to explain what that is then? The Four Buccaneers. Yeah. Oh, the guys from Tiswas, basically. Yeah, they they formed the band to sing a song about water, which is off Tiswas. So it's Tiswas. promotional for Tiswas, but it also charted, did it? I believe so. Yes. Now this is all towards the end of the show's run, where they got big, basically. Yeah, this album was released by CBS and came out in 1980, so actually the same year as the annual. They had two singles released off this, yeah. Yeah, and I think the copy I got was a was a demo. So it was obviously to promote this album. To more send than the out other. to radio stations yes. or whatever. And it was more, it was, the other one was a sort of single in its own right, I think. But I think that one was mu- very much to promote this LP. Yeah. And it's interesting as well, because apparently what happened was the success of the Buccaneers and the water bucket song and all the water splashing meant that they went, oh, let's make a song and release it. But we have to call ourselves the Buccaneers because if we call ourselves Tizwas, then maybe ATV will want will have a problem with us using Tizwas. And they'll want money. Or, yeah. yeah. And then it turned out that ATV were like, oh, we don't give a fuck. <laughs> so they really? Just, so that's why the album is called Tizwas Presents, the four Buccaneers, because they thought they'd just have to call themselves that to get around any Tizwas licensing yeah, issues. Yeah, but maybe ATV didn't say, oh, we don't give a fuck. Maybe they said... They just didn't have a problem with it, basically. Maybe they said, well, can't you just pay us some money or something? I mean, I, mean, I don't know what the back end deal was. You know, there might have been a deal. a savvy guy. Yeah, there might have been some deal at the back end, is yeah. what I'm saying. And then it, it Like co- there was last Saturday night when I went down the docks. Great stuff. <laughs> so. <laughs> the docks. <laughs> I think this, we've both listened to this and you're not keen on it, it's but well I produced, really Paul. like it. It's well produced, but it sort of is, the humour is very much sort of sub Monty Python. It's for kids, I know, but it is very much sort of well. Think about it. It's a lightweight gay- absurdism, 
sort of silly, silly without being toothless, without being yeah. And I can just imagine, perhaps it's because I'm slightly older now, parents hating that and thinking. God, if they're going to play the fucking Tizwas LP again, I'm going to lose my fucking mind. <laughs> well, Do you know what I mean? What? It's let's, annoying. Let's play a track right now. Let's play the, the, the one they released, the Water Bucket song right now. And this is the one that they released uh, in the charts. <laughs> I didn't know <laughs> what, what you, else I was going to say. What do you mean in the charts? <laughs> it was released in the charts. Ladies and gentlemen, this record proudly presents the Four Bucket Tears. This is the song we lovers of water sing. We can't go wrong, we're happy as a king. We beat the drum as we march along, we clash the cymbal and bang the gong. We sing out strong, the bucket of water song. Stand on one leg and point it at the sun. Breath of your nose, we're sure it must be fun. But no matter who or what you are, we know something you'll enjoy by far to sing out this song, the Bucket of Water song. This is the song we love as a water sing. We can't go wrong, we're happy as a king. We beat the drum as we march along, we clash the cymbal and bang the gong. We sing our strong, the Bucket of Water song. So the Bucket of Water song reached number 26 in 1980 in the UK singles chart, which is actually very good Yeah, when I mean, you think about it for the 50. time. Yeah. 26 is, you know, a good place. I mean, we're talking about a whole different era when single sales meant more. I know, but it, they meant more, but it would change. Yes. Because if, if, you know, what, all I'm saying is to be number one, you could sell a variable amount of singles from each, from, do you see what I'm saying? No. Because I wasn't listening. <laughs> I'm um, saying you could get to number one, but if you could sell 100,000 and get to number one, and then the next year you could sell like 200,000 and get to number one. Yeah, because that's how it works, isn't it? Uh, what I mean Fuck is... me. <laughs> if you sell a lot of records, you can get to number one. Yes, Eli. Good boy. I know. Here's but an de- apple. But depending on how many records are sold overall, yeah. it depends how well you actually did in terms of unit sales. Right. It's not like... You get to number one if you sell a, a no, certain yeah, amount. No, yeah, no, I know. You, see what I'm you, just have to, you just have to sell That's all more I'm than to anyone else that week. Yes, yeah. Which could be a different amount week to week. So you, what I'm saying is, you can't really tell how much money they made by getting to number twenty-six. I was on about the money. I was just on about the fact that a song by a breakfast Saturday morning breakfast team can get that high on the charts at all. Now, I wanted to ask you about the links, the Tiz was links, Paul. Yeah. This is Saturday, which turned into Tiz was. We, we are smiling. Yeah. We is, watch and smile. Watch and smile and have a little stroke if you are one of the dads. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And she yeah, comes over. But not every kids in the room, obviously. What, but, is that Sally James? Oh, why are they carrying loads of Go buckets? out! Get out the room, Paul. Daddy, daddy, what's going on? Oh, daddy's going to have a big breakfast. <laughs> <laughs> right. Did the Lynx have... I wonder when they introduced the live audience element yeah because that was obviously extremely important to the sort of development of the genre not just tis was itself and they said it's they started as links in the children's block yeah so you, would they have an audience was that the concept from the i, word I don't go? know from the word go it's interesting to think that though isn't it it was i mean i don't think even swap shop had that many kids on the, in the studio it wasn't something that 
Tisworth had a load of kids screaming. Rowdy fucking kids yeah. from like youth clubs and Cub Scout groups and, and then it, brownies. And, and it'd get kind of violent. Sometimes you'd think when they flung the flan or whatever, they flung a pie at someone. Yeah. You'd see a fist go in. Do you I know don't what know I mean? about that. You, were, you did. You mate, did. You're making it sound it like all, it's fucking a penitentiary. It was place. like warriors or something, man. Well, no, they did put people in cages and throw water at them. Yeah. You know? But no, when they get the pie, you run up and fucking... <laughs> So anyway, going Put back a to this album. jab, little jab. I bet Tarrant jabbed Carol G's. What, fucking chinned him? Yeah, probably. Oh, the oh sorry about that, Bob. Yeah, yeah, get yeah. Out of it. you can't. He's quite Fuck a physical you, presence, yeah. uh, Tarrant, as well, isn't he? Do you know what I mean? I reckon I could have him, though. You, my word, Tarrant would crush you, man. Mate. He would crush you. Mate, you don't know. He's older now, isn't he? You've got a terrible back. You can barely yeah, walk. Yeah, no, he'd crush me. Yeah. <laughs> he'd crush me like a pellet. I'm sa- He'd have me as well. I'm saying that. So, the album. I like it. It's got a, it has got a Python vibe. Yes. And and it, they do lots of skits. It's Like I say, it's well produced and it's been thought out. And It's, it's almost got, like a concept album. Yes. You know, it's got that vibe of... And it has some fake scratches on at the beginning, doesn't it? There's been like some thought put, put into yes. it. There's been some real like imagination, but here's where I want to go with it because the whole album was produced by Neil Innes or Neil Innes. I'm never quite sure how you say Innes. his name. Innes, who was most well known for Bonzo Dog Doodah Band, but also worked with the Pythons on a lot of their musical uh, ex- uh, adventures. And, and also and worked with Eric Idle on The Ruttles. And also that other weird thing, The Rutland, Rutland Weekend, Weekend TV, yeah, which I would love to get hold of the LPs of that. Yeah, I remember they're our out friend about, Graham they? has. Yeah, but you never, I never see those. No, I can't imagine that, many. I don't were think made. they're very expensive, but they're like quite rare. Rare, yeah, they're beautiful. And this has got the same you know, good Neil production. Neil had his own TV show as well. He had loads of his own TV shows. They're quite very obscure, hard to come by now. I bet there's a lot on YouTube, but maybe. But also, like you know, he also did things like Puddle Lane and. He was, he was very prolific busy. In, the, in the comedy TV yeah. sphere and the musical comedy TV sphere. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you look at the work the Bonzo Dogs did, and it's like there's never been a band really like them since. And I think his hands, is, well, his hands, his work is all over this. You know, you, you can see his handiwork. I see. We should be playing another song. You want to play that Raspberry Rock one? Yes. Let's play the Raspberry Rock, rock one. <laughs> and now, one of Sally James's. Almost legendary pop interviews. Well, our first special pop guest on this album is Jet Lag. Hi, Jet. Hello. Now, you're a brigadier in the army, aren't you, Jet? No, I'm not, actually. I'm a field marshal. Oh, sorry, Jet. Okay. Well, why did you decide to become a pop singer? Well, I, I did it to boost the morale of the champs. Oh, and how? Would you describe your music? Uh, is it punk? Not off, man. Went to the corner shop to get myself an ice. Lady in the shop, she was really nice. Do you want chocolate, vanilla, strawberry? I can't, I don't know where I am. 
But there's loads of stuff in here as well. There's like the dying fly, which is a thing, which becomes a kind of leitmotif throughout this album. It keeps yes. coming in and out. Yeah. There's um. I think the Raspberry Rock sort of uh, sums up the kind of appeal for Tiz was because it's rude. Yeah. They had a rudeness. I think that was why they really blew up. They were kids love rude shit. Ir- irreverent. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And uh, a lot of kids are at their bum bum still at the bum bum poo poo fart stage of their. I mean, we are. I was. We are. I mean, we I've never... still are. We haven't. I don't. Left it. I don't find it funny when you say bum bum or poo poo or fart. Let me try that right now, Eli. Look me in the eye as okay. I say the words. A poo-poo. No, that's not you funny. You a little bit. I'm not. Listen, I'm just being Hang nice on. to you. Bum bum. No. Wee wee. I need harder stuff than that. Papa. No. Nicole. Weird. <laughs> <laughs> Why is it always mummy or dad? Poo-poo, papa, dada, Nicole. Poo-poo, Nicole, chest, dada. Ooh-wee, la-la. Ooh-wee, papa. <laughs> <laughs> Weird. That was the inspiration. That song was the inspiration for those adverts for Renault Clio. <laughs> um, oh, they life. were weird, those Clio ads, weren't yeah. they? It's got, it's, it's, there's loads of little things on it. Little sketches, little dialogue bits. Bob Carroll The LP G's. has a lovely insert, which did come with the copy that you got sent, didn't it? With all the lyrics in for the songs and, the, and photographs. You know what I'd do for one of those T-shirts? You don't see those in the wild. No, yeah, you don't see cool. T-shirts from that era, do you? Because they must have all disintegrated. Thrown out, e- thrown by mo- Eaten by moths. Yeah. Isn't that strange that... These artifacts, like the LPs and that, they survive. You see those in charity shops. But yeah. none of the T-shirts specifically from that era is too old. I bet you could buy it right now on Etsy. I mean, you could get a copy, yeah. yes. But and I still might, actually, on reflection. Because it has the pie flinger, the classic the double-fisting pie flinger. Yeah, I wonder who that was. We never know. Was that like a, the Stig? Because it was all, yeah, I guess it was like the early days of the see, Stig. See, there's a lot of parallels with what they did with uh, Top Gear, isn't well, it? Well, think about it this way as well. It's like these Saturday morning TV shows built in the kind of built-to-fail thing where like if something goes wrong, then that's great because, oh, it's wacky. Yes. Shows like Top Gear could only work because of shows like Swap Shop. Or that's Tiz what I'm was. saying. Yeah. Tiz was, was, the, was the author, was the, 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 the first born. I think. Wasn't it? The other thing we need to mention about this album is <laughs> Mike Bat. It is time. Mike Bat. Because Mike Bat's going to be coming up again. He wrote The Wombles, Bright Eyes. He, well, he wrote the songs for The Wombles. And he wrote Bright Eyes. He was also a Womble. During the show, there was a talent show and Tarrant's, didn't really like it, but he thought it was a good way to have a bit of fun. Until this kid came up, and this kid is called Matthew Butler. This is just mystifying. And this is weird, because on the show, what Matthew Butler did was he came on, and he's, I think he was only like eight or nine, he wasn't that old. And dressed as a rabbit, eating a carrot, he sang a very saccharine version of Mike Bat's Black Eyes. No. <laughs> Wishful thinking there. Mike and Paul. <laughs> you would like to get them both Noel and Noel and Mike in your basement with gimp balls in their mouths. Yeah, yeah, you're yeah. You're prodding them with it's your like knob. Pop fiction. <laughs> <laughs> um Bright Eyes, which of course is from Watership, Watership Down, Down, which is a truly depressing, traumatizing yeah. children's and the quasi animation. Plague Dogs. Plague Dogs didn't even get released though, did it? It did, yeah, yeah, yeah. But it was even more nasty. It's it just grim. It's that, don't British kids love really dark, fucking miserable animal adventures where there's Wasn't it about death. myxomatosis, Watership Down, or... No, it's about a bunch of rabbits. Didn't they all, some of them escaped from a lab or it something? It was, but no, you're thinking... You're no, confusing, that's Plague Dogs. No, you're confusing it with the, the Rats of Nim. Anyway, there's Remember a lot the of animal cruelty in kids' books back in the yes. day. 
Bright Eyes. Yeah, so this kid goes on the show. Sings it. And it's bad. It's, it's on this LP And it's on as this well. album. Oh. And I wonder what Matthew Butler does now. Are you out there, Matthew? Are you listening? <laughs> Come and show us your singing prowess. So there's the album. And there were T-shirts and everything. And there was annuals and magazines. And, you know, a DVD came out with the best of in the 90s. So that's fun. It has a high production quality, both the annual and the LP and the single. And look, there's a wet Sally James on the back. If, you know, your dad... I know. That's all a bit disturbing, the way they kind of sell the sex with her. And But it's a kid's thing. And this is also... It's quite rude, this album as well. This is something from the era as well. And these shows in particular, Paul, that I was thinking of. You'd have pop singers and yeah. bands doing having their sort of debut or whatever debuting a sing, single yeah. on these shows but the sh- but a lot of the time these they were much more adult in their presentation these pop stars than perhaps yeah. the other programming and the sort of tone of the show so they and it's this weird mix to, yeah. do you know what i mean that was like because they don't know kids how to were work. like this whole thing the whole market hadn't been sort of split up into these bits so you were trying to appeal from kids from like the ages of like 8 all the way up to the early teens, sort yeah. of. I was like, what's your favourite song, Little Matthew? I like Linda's Farm. Yeah. That's the only time a kid would ever say that in history. <laughs> you know what I mean? And there's this uncomfortableness where there's sort of sexuality's creeping in in one sense. But it's innocent and it leans in that British seaside yeah. postcard kind of humour. Yeah. So, finally, that's Tiz Was that's Done. That's Tiz Was Done. We've got an album and an annual, and it's a nice mix, and I think it's a strong showing from it's Tiz Was. It's a very Was. strong showing from Tiz Was, and Paul's plan to have 15 minutes on each of these shows went out up, the window. Up the wazoo. Because it's now at 42 <laughs> on this at all. <laughs> How have we talked about that for well, 42 what, minutes? Let's take a quick break, and when we come back, it's time to talk about the daddy of Saturday mornings. It's Swap Shop. Oh, Yeah. Where did it go? Jenny's got to play a tic-tac-toe. Now where's Merlin? When last seen it was out with Dad playing blackjack. Then Jenny! Where's Merlin now? It's not Merlin there. plays six different games with electronic lights and sounds. The Palatronics range from Palatoy. Hello, I'm Strawberry Shortcake. I smell of strawberries. My friends all smell like their names too. We play together in the Berry Bake Shop, making pretend pies and growing pretend strawberries. And we use our snail cart to go on picnics. Strawberry shortcake, apple dumpling, huckleberry pie and blueberry muffin are in toy shops now. Waddingtons have created a new monster game of thrills and skill, the Purple People Eater. Try to rescue the little people from the monster's slimy clutches without waking him up. But beware, if you wake him, he gets very angry and the little people are caught again. The Purple People Eater from Waddington's. When not in play, keep it locked away. You can make a badge with the big badge factory. There's so much you can make with a thing or two. You can cut out a snowflake or a fruit from a zoo. You can pretend to be a singer. You can pretend to be a spark. Maybe a musician or a creature from Mars. Because you can make a badge. With the Big Badge Factory. Big Badge Factory comes with six reusable badges and 18 starter ideas. It's ideal. So in October 1976, on the BBC, they attempted their own Saturday morning show, and that show was called The Multicoloured Swap Shop. (laughs) 
yes indeed. A very good morning to you. Welcome to the Swap Shop. A lot of calls, uh, a little bit of silliness, plenty of variety, and as many letters as I can get through. And originally, the sound, uh, the theme was by... Mike Bat. Our friend Mike Bat. He's everywhere these days because he was associated, against his will, with kid shows. <laughs> I wonder if um, uh, Neil Innes respected Bat, what their, oh, I think their Neil encounters Innes. were like. Well, no, I think Neil Innes was very comfortable doing kids' show stuff, whereas Mike Butt, I think, Always was like... Always felt like he was he, he deserved better. I think yeah. so. Yeah. Or certainly he resented that the, his most important work was Wombles. Was the Wombles, and he definitely did. Yeah. Yes. I've heard him... I just saw him on a TV show, I think it may be in the 90s or something, you know, and everyone was talking about Watership Down or sort of yeah. what people remember, and he was like... Yes, and someone said to me, they said, I think it was said, Paul McCartney came up to me and said, that's genius, that song, Mike. Never happened, Mike. <laughs> Mike, Mike, if you're listening, never happened. Paul McCartney, upon listening to Bright Eyes. I don't know if it was Eyes, McCartney, but... Never, well, either way, He's no ripping McCartney off him. with the Wombles anyway, isn't he? Fucking Mike Bat just seems a bit full of himself, that's all. Good, good luck to him, that's all I'm saying. Well, let's look into all of that right now, because we're going to talk about Swap Shop. Now, Swap Shop, again... BBC Saturday morning linking cartoons and segments with a more very BBC anti, you know, the, not auntie, A-U-N-T-I. Yes. Because didn't Wogan call the BBC anti? Wasn't that the word? Aunt, auntie. Auntie. <laughs> it's weird when you say that word out of context. Like if I was going to say Auntie Carol, it sounds all right, Auntie Carol. When you say... Yeah, but it's because you've got a weird in-between accent, so you can't uh, decide yeah. which one you want to say. How, how to use my vowels. I say auntie. Auntie. I should probably say auntie. Really? Yeah. But a proper scouser would say auntie. Auntie. Kook. Kook. Me auntie's got some vegetables. Oh, she's pulling it out right now. Oh, she's quick, got... Me quick. auntie. Me say this, Paul. Say this to me. Yeah. Say my auntie's... Auntie Gannon's come in, and she's got... She's double fisting two cucumbers and she's going to put them in the cooker. Come on, please, for me. Hey, hey, come hey, here. What? Hey. Don't interrupt me. No, I'm listening. <laughs> hey, come here, quick. Right. My auntie's coming around in a minute. She's going to double fist two cucumbers and put them in the cooker. Oh, <laughs> oh I'm drowning in cum, everyone. Yeah. Help. He is drowning. <laughs> he is fucking drowning because I've got fucking gallons of this shit. <laughs> what a horrible way to go. Now, what's their gunk on the swap shop? Not that much at all. In fact, barely any. So you, what you were trying to say before we had that very stimulating diversion mm. there was um, <laughs> oh, yeah. that they were safer. They had to. They had to. They were on the BBC, so they had to sort of uh, comply to the, the, BBC's, the BBC's regulations. I think the BBC's form of anarchy, and especially like that era of BBC's anarchy, was more like last day of school atmosphere, where it's like oh, I can't believe he's wearing jeans on a school day. It's that kind of yes, more blink one eight two, less Sex Pistols. <laughs> yeah, kind of. I would have said it's more. Wurzels and less sex pistols. Okay, right, yeah. Uh, but that's not fair to Wurzels. <laughs> um, so, we've got a few bits of merch for that. Now, I haven't seen this. Not yet, no. Um, so, same format, but it was three hours of live TV. Weren't there cartoons and stuff they showed a in between? A few, but not many. And the cartoons were like Mighty Mouse. So they ran for like three minutes. Oh, I used to, that was my favourite bit. You know? I think that was my favourite bit. I, I like Mighty Mouse. Because I think Tiz was, was more built around segments and they had the ad breaks and everything else like that. So I'm not going to say it was a less intensive show, but the vibe was different. Whereas Swap Shop was that three-hour live TV vibe. Tis was, I think, was shorter. I'm sure the block it was might shorter. Been, it might have been shorter. I, I, I don't have that information to hand. I don't remember watching Swap Shop at all, really. No, it's now, before but my what time, was the, really. 
again, we should say, why is it called Swap Shop? Well, the gimmick was, was that the people who watch the show could call or write in and say, I have a, uh, a Mr. T toy. Can I swap it for someone's Polaroid camera? And if someone would send that in and they'd agree and then somehow they'd get that done. Paul taking care to choose um, two relevant to the time period items for the swap best. Yeah. I was trying my best because what I was going to say, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle for no, a fucking, too late, uh, for a Zorb or something. So that was the gimmick. But do you think they kind of dropped that by the end? They It became less and less important as no. the show became, ran on? No, it was it was the way for them to stay in touch with the audience and keep them engaged. They'd have phone-ins, wouldn't they, famously? And I don't think Tiswas had phone-ins. Uh, no, they might have done. I can't believe they it wasn't, wouldn't It have. was a big feature with the swap shop, yeah. right? The phone-in with, let's, let's name it. What? The hairy elephant in the room. Yeah, Mr. Edmonds himself. The Edmonds is... The, the knoll... The Knoll. The <laughs> Knoll. And he was there from the start. And he was already quite popular. But well, he was known to, to the, the UK because he had his famous Radio show. 1 breakfast show, which he'd been doing for a few years before this Swap was, was this his next big gig then, do we think, in the, the chronology of The Knoll? I want to say yes. I want to say it was what bridged the gap from him being a well-known radio presenter to a well-known TV presenter. Right. And all the seeds of House Party are in Swap Shop. Swap Shop. Because he probably because, bossed everyone around on Swap Shop, Because what did he, he do after Swap Shop? The next big thing was the Late Late Breakfast Show, which was effectively Noel's House Party. Again, he's just moving towards House Party. All roads lead it's to house fucking party. House Party, don't they? So it was, it was Noel Edmonds as the main anchor. He was presenting the show. Main he- wanker, more like. <laughs> yeah. Come on, we've got to do two episodes now, Paul. He's, he's doing a tongue thing. Like I'm laughing so much, I've gone mad. He's like tongue stabbing a horse's arsehole. <laughs> yes, a horse's arsehole. Yeah, don't <laughs> So, uh, the cast was Noel Edmonds, Anchor Up. Anchor Up. Uh, there was Keith Chegwin, Keith no, Chegwin, who, you know... Dry an eye. Dry an eye for Keith Chegwin. <laughs> no, I like Chegwin. Every time I think of Chegwin, I weep. I, like, was a, I like Keith Chegwin. Well, he became known for being... I mean, this is the this is the Annoying curse. and ineffective, again. But you actually put him up against the Knowles of this world. No, mate, I like... Chegwin's a probably a very nice guy, but he was shit. He was shit. I'm sorry. He was annoying and Child shit, actor, yeah. act, he wanted to be a singer, wanted to be more of an actor. Famously, he was in, was it, Polanski's Romeo and Juliet. He has a right. small role in that. He became part of the show, and his job was to go out, out he into the, the country. He was the roving reporter, so And so see to speak. all the kids. Yes. And, you know... Speak and to celebrities and, and they'd they they prank stuff. him ever, the kids. Or no, like, no. What, I would, would disrespect Cheggers if he came round mine. Cheggers would if go. If he fucking, I would like goose him and then go, what? And then go, hey, 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 I sniff glue. Hey, hey, hey. Chodney to you. <laughs> no, I haven't got nothing. You got... really don't right there. But I ain't got nothing today. Can you imagine being Keith Chegman? You can sit down with I the producer. Can. I do. <laughs> I do nightly. No, you sit I put down. put on my Cheggers mask, get the grease on. And then I fucking no, really, listen, I really wank hard, Paul. Here is the career of Keith Chegwin. I'm going to tell you it now in a little vignette. Chegwin. Here we go. Bear with me, right, okay. while I go through this. Sure. Chegwin, sit down. And I, yeah, yeah, I'm Chegwin. Yeah, what do you want? What can I do for you? Uh, well, Noel likes you on Swap Shop. We did a few studio segments. Yeah, I loved it. Did he, was but, he a big wheezer? Or something? Yeah, you listen to him. Really? And everything oh. is like, it's I a... can't believe it. Shut up and interrupt. I'm doing my little vignette. Right? I'm enjoying it. So, Noel likes you. He loves the party joke. But what, what he's thinking is, can he put you 
away from the studio as far as possible. Like, can we say he's to Blackpool this week and then next week Aberdeen and then after that Inverness and then after that Penzance? He operates Can like you a- go far away from the studio? Yeah, all right then. Fast forward to, you know, Saturday Superstore. Chegwin still part of the show. Cheggers, sit down. Yeah, what can I do for you, Cheg? Well, basically, Cheggers, um, Mike Reed likes you, but he wants you as far away from the show as studio as possible. So can you go out and about and do bits around the that co- as well? Yeah, cut to big breakfast. Sit down, Cheggers. Chris Evans really likes you, but can you go fucking as far away always, from the... That he was always sent yeah. away from the studio. It was always, he was that always was out thing. and about. That was his speciality. Maybe he wanted to and do it And even importantly, Cheggers, sit down. Yes, Maggie Philbin. I'm your wife, and you've been going all right, but I want you as far away from me as possible. <laughs> he was married to Maggie Philbin. Maggie Philbin, off the back of this, they fell in love during Swap Shop. But they divorced after. They were the Sid and Nancy of Swap Shop. They certainly were. <laughs> and they were musicians. They probably put out more records than Sid and Nancy. Nancy uh, didn't put out any records. Certainly put out records after Sid and Nancy, I don't know why put it that way. The Spex Pistols keep coming up. The Spex Pistols. <laughs> now, Paul. Yes. Chegwin was a Weezer. I didn't know that. Do you think he smoked heavily? Perhaps oh, that was why maybe. He, I don't know. I don't he had know. He health issues at the end of his life, obviously. Yeah, because he died. That's a yes. health issue, isn't it? That's a big health issue. Big, yeah, yeah. Health issue. It's a biggie. That's not one you can come back from. No. Death, <laughs> by and large. It's a, it's a biggie. Um, Noel sends him away. But isn't that because Noel sort of operates like Scarface or whatever? He's like, this is my kingdom. You, He's more like you know, Capone, yeah. You know? It's like, if you're on my territory, yeah. you, you're paying yeah. rent. Yeah, <laughs> It's exactly, that kind of yeah. thing. And perhaps Cheggers just didn't want to deal with... Perhaps it was the other way round, is all I'm saying. Yeah. It might not be that Chegwin... I think what was sent th- away, it might be that that's what, how he wanted to be in the shows. It was know? more likely because he was so personable and hyperactive and, you know... He's like, much better dealing with the public. Yeah. yeah. Because I don't think Noel would have done Noel any of the, the fucking public. shit. Noel needs some banker or someone to tell him, like, Mate, I saw details about the member of the public, you know? I, I saw a clip of Swap Shop where Cheggers was in Blackpool Beach, and he goes, eh, can I borrow those uh, stilts? And so he get, grabs on these stilts, takes a step, and falls onto a bunch of tiny children. Oh, they're all right. They're all right. <laughs> Noel's thinking, an accident like that would never happen on a show I do. <laughs> So anyway, here's the first piece of merch. Now, there was a lot of Swap Shop merch, but they mostly came in the form of these books. And these are the Multicoloured Swap Shop book, a BBC print. And effectively, they're kind of like an annual for fans of the show. And like the Tiz was, there's a little bit of facts about the presenters and there's a little bit about, you know, how... What I like about that book specifically is that it's focused on how they make the show. So every segment has some kind of pertinent fact or detail or fancy, if you will, about how they do that show every Saturday. So it's quite informative. Already the whole presentation is much more sober than the Tiz was. Oh, fuck, it's wacky. Look at the drawing. Mad magazine style. There's there's a flan. Everyone's gawping and looking odd. You cut to that one. The second multicoloured swap shop book. Mm. It's more clipped already, isn't it? Oh, Um, mate, I forgot to tell you. There's a photo. What? Cheggers. Maggie Philbin was an actress who became, you know, a theatre student, part of the show. She was part of it, right? John Craven did the new stuff. There's oh. one person on that show that doesn't get spoken about enough. David Icke was a regular presenter on that show oh, in the that early was Ike's, days. Ike's break. He was doing, well, it wasn't his break, but he was doing, like, like Craven, he would do the sports stuff. Oh, he was a sports presenter, Ike. Yeah. So he'd talk about all the sports Funnily things. enough, there's a purple dinosaur on the cover of this, Paul. Posh Paws, yeah. Is that called Posh Paws? He's yeah. some kind of Barney because precursor. It was a, yeah, but it's called Posh Paws because it's basically swap shot backwards. Why didn't he have a fucking single? Did he have a voice? I think Noel stepped in. We're going to do a po- Posh Paws song. That's weird. 
No, well, they they had a load of different uh Maybe that's mascots. where Ike... Because you know Ike famously believes in that the rulers lizard of the planet people. are lizard people. Perhaps he saw this So, hang on. Let me get this puppet. straight. David Ike has a mental breakdown on... Uh, he comes around, sees posh paws le- le- leering over him, and he goes, Oh, it's the lizard Jews! Yeah, <laughs> basically. And then Noel Edmonds pops up, and he's like, Oh, you uh, just transformed back into your human uh, form! Oh, oh, the devil... Yeah. It makes sense with Edmonds' personality, cold and lizard-like, yeah. with a big flicky tongue. <laughs> We're not saying Noel Edmonds <laughs> is a part of the reptilian uh, race. There's also a photo on the cover of this uh, swap shop book yeah. of a kid very proudly holding a model tank. That That's look the, the thing. Look, he's very, and he's in front of a whole audience of children, 70s children. I can see there's a skateboard, someone's holding a big dartboard. Yeah. Um, They're all there to swap Someone's stuff. got like a, ga- a board game. Why is board in every one of these things the word board? Dartboard. <laughs> because that's how I game. felt when I fucking had to watch this shit. Well, that's because I think most toys in the UK were made of board during that time. And can I just ask, to what extent do you believe Swap Shop was made off the back of the success that Tiz was had? I'm not going to say it. it because it popped up a couple of years after Tiz was, didn't it? Uh, two years. Yeah, because what? Swap Shop 76, Tiz was well, 74. What I'm asking you, Paul. But Tiz was in that first year or so, wasn't the Tiz was that it became. It was this kind of weird link show. slowly the, merged. Yes. So I think, obviously, it, it's more of a... Uh, just a trend like, in TV at the time, generally. That was becoming more possible because things like outside broadcasts were becoming they easier the, to uh, do. They had the technology to do it. Yeah, yeah, basically. And also, both basically relied on that inbuilt fallibility. So it was, again, a bit more risk to watch. But again, it's so middle class. It's like you'll get a kid who comes and goes, I would like the poems of John Betjeman and um, uh, I'm willing to trade it for an atlas of the world. Or was it all a bit like that? It's mostly like that, yeah. You didn't like it because they're all high. Not that I didn't like it. This is before my time, if I'm being honest. I started twigging when we got to Saturday Superstore. Right, yeah. And it was. I think this was also a bit before my time. I remember... Tis was again, but only from seeing it and hearing about it, and seeing it only very when I was staying around. They both ended house. in eighty two. They both ended in eighty two, and you I was know, seven enough. then. Yeah. So it very much. Yeah. So you would have young. been more savvy to it because you were I down would south. Have. I would have. And the right age range. And I was the right age. Whereas range, it was yeah. something for me that I learned about when I was much older, when I'd realised that had been something I'd missed out on. This. Um, so swap shop or superstore would have been my first Saturday morning. Right. I would have thought. Tis was was mine, but again, it was very much in the. Uh, in the special occasion yes. category, as was all TV until the time I was 10. We didn't get a TV until I was 10, which would be three what, years what, after. What made your family decide to go, ah, fuck it, get a telly? I think my dad was making more money at the time, and we got our first TV, I will never forget, was this fucking beautiful yeah. um, black and red Bang & Olufsen, like super fancy. Was the Cathode black Ray. and red as in the shell of it? Yeah. The, it wasn't that you got images that looked like a virtual no, boy. No. Right, good to know. But it was that exact sort of colour scheme. With a remote control, it was the best thing we've ever seen. I'd ever seen. You know? Remote control in the early 80s is, is almost as rare as a unicorn. And it was about the same time that he got the first uh, uh, CD player as well. So he must have been making money. I think his job improved or but something. But what? Did he just... But hang on. I, I, I can imagine and he didn't have it, a TV for a certain kind of moralistic reason or something. And I think he would, he'd moved more Or did your uh, dad away. just go, who's this fucking Sally James you keep talking about? <laughs> Let's get a telly No, in. I think they'd moved away slightly from the sort of more hippie-ish sort of and vegetarianism and all of that stuff that was associated with the, uh, with the cult. cult. Yeah. And, <laughs> and he became a bit more normal. Perhaps money. I don't know. But yeah, we, there was a time when he decided it wasn't going to be a huge problem for to his have kids. you in the yeah, TV. Yeah. Have TV. Yeah. How wrong he was. Yeah. Because I used to fucking... Josh it. No, oh, I used to fucking... Before I could come, I used to josh it. I had this whole era. 
<laughs> now, Paul, I wanted to notice. I wanted to notice one thing. Yes. You wanted to notice or you have I noticed. I wanted to bring to you your bring notice to my and that of the listeners. Yes. One thing about this, because yeah. he's handed me, this is a softcover yes. annual thing. It's not even an annual, is it? It's just called it's a book, just isn't called it? It's called a book. We call shit. it an annual now by definition Already, of its contents. It's just not as good, is it? But this has also been signed by the original owner. Oh, who's that? Also female, Amanda White. Amanda but, White, if you're listening, but we've got your book. She's kept her original address. There's a lot of that, though. You watch all those old swap shops and stuff, and they're constantly reading out the personal addresses of the children. Yeah, it wouldn't happen these days, would it? No, you'd get yeah. fucking sued. Mate, Cheggers has his own jumper that says Cheggers on it. Yeah. Because that's when he started doing Cheggers Plays Pop. It was about the he same got his time. his own show. Yeah. And that must have been a big hit, Cheggers Plays Pop. It was a big hit, I think. But that remember. was on, like, the CBB slot, the after-school slot. Is that Whatever right? that became at some point, yeah, because I don't think that really existed the children's television afternoon slot yet this is just not as fun i mean think about that the afternoon kids tv show slots were born from things like swap shot tis was and yes. stuff yeah the, just this uh, book is just not as fun as the tis was at all uh, well it's, it's less irreverent look it's how to make upholstered cushions yeah in it. it's very blue peter sort but of isn't that the thing as well it's like life. blue peter was was up against magpie and magpie was tis was to the bbc's blue peter swap shop I tell you you'd get it though Philbin. Sorry, that's the end of that. She's looked good there. She's, there's an interview with her in there that says like she applied in the stage because they were looking for, uh, are you attractive and young and can you interview anyone? Email, write a letter to us. And then she got a phone call and said, come down to London because she was studying in Manchester theatre. And then she met her husband, Cheggers, on, on the set. Yeah, so it's not all good news. No. You know, because um, I can't, I mean, I can't see what she saw in Cheggers. It's the whole Amanda Holden Les Dennis thing all over again. You know what I think of Maggie Philbin for, of course. Tomorrow's World. Yeah. That's what I She knew was a really good presenter on Tomorrow's World. Yeah. Craven. John Craven. I, I think he's a classy broadcaster as well. Is he say. still going? Is he still alive, John Craven? I don't know. No. Again, but I knew him mostly from Maybe. John Craven's yeah, news he round. Is, I think I don't know. John Craven's news round um would come on and your heart would sink a bit because it was always a bit boring. Yeah. Yeah. It was like, oh, where's Grain Jill? Yeah, you know what I mean? Shut up, Craven. Now, this book is very much, very much tamer in every way. But the book is much more for people who want to know how the show's made because that's literally it's oh, bread look, and butter. Oh, they've got the whole thing of how the show's made. It's fascinating. It generally is quite fascinating because, like, Noel walks in, they give him cards, and he has to memorise what happens in the show. And, you know, the, the crew are doing all the hard work and planning four weeks in advance for the outside broadcasts. And there's a lot, a lot going on. Indeed, indeed it is. And welcome to the 100th multicoloured spot shop. And I've got some details here. We've got some statistics. Do you realise that in the 100 programmes, we have been on the air for 1,044,000 seconds? We've... Oh, I think i better get, get moving. Uh, minutes, 17,400, if you can't work out the seconds. We've done 4,000 phone calls live on the air. We've had 90 different swapper armors. I've worn 103 different shirts. John has forgotten the new swapper dress on 87 different occasions. <laughs> Keith has worn out six atlases of Great Britain. Maggie has broken more swap prizes and computer games than anybody else. So I wonder what's going to happen today. Will John manage the address? Will you, John? I try. I try. <laughs> As Keith made it to the Swapper Armour, what will Maggie break? Tune in. Well, stay tuned. It's the 100th Swap Shop. When did Noel break from the BBC? Well, probably when he got kicked off House Party. Okay, yeah. And then he after fucked he off murdered the sky. That guy, yeah? No, that was well after that. Oh, that was the Late Late Breakfast show that happened on. Oh, look, Noel with a dog. Mate, I've that looks it. like a fucking huge dog. <laughs> Mate, I've got to read you this. So, right. every few pages on this fucking book... 
Noel, for some reason, goes, do you know what kids really like? Me talking about my farm that I just made with all my money. And so, like, there's a section about him buying he a tractor. He just didn't want to leave the farm, did he, when they were making the, it's just, the book? Presuming he has written this, and I'm not quite sure if he's written this or not, or whether it's some ghostwriter, yeah. but he goes, yes, she's grown. Noel's great Dane now weighs it eight and a half stone. To keep that big frame, the dog has to eat four cereal biscuits and a pint and a half of milk every day. And then later in the day, three pounds of tripe and two pounds of wheat with vitamins. You don't give a dog milk. He's giving this dog milk. You shouldn't even give cats milk. Did you know that? No, you definitely can't give cats milk because they spray it out their backside afterwards. I bet a dog does as well. There's Maggie Philbin. You can colour in her clothes because she's a black and white drawing of her. Oh. The Prince Frog. A Goblin Legend by Gordon Murray. A Goblin? That's what it say? says. A Goblin. G-U-B-L-I-N. What the fuck is Goblin? Don't know. I need to know now what Goblin means. The, the poem is about a wizard who gets hired by a king to do something, but then it turns out the prince, the princess kisses the king and the king turns into a frog. What does Goblin refer to? I have no idea. It doesn't say what a Goblin is at all. Is it like a Goblin, but like, you know, yeah, less green or something? Here's Noel's story about a cow called My <laughs> Lady Friend. I just oh, want to read you a bit of no. this. I imagine that. Is it, right, here's, how, here's Noel in a nutshell. You know when people talk about partridge this and there's what, those this, partridgeisms yeah. and they all come from Mike Reed and Noel Edmonds yeah. and Dave Lee Travis. But this sentence is something only Noel Edmonds would think would make sense. Right? It says this. I imagine that at one time or another, all young children have dreamed about living on a farm. Have you? Have you ever lived, do you ever go, oh, I'd love to live on a farm. I've never done I that. I've never dreamed about that. Noel has. Yeah. When Noel was a kid, he always wanted to be on a farm and none of his friends did because they wanted to be footballers or movie stars. But Noel Edmonds wanted a farm. He didn't. No. He just made that up because he's a lazy-minded twat. Certainly for me, it is an ambition that has survived the rigours of growing up. And it was with uh. eager anticipation when two years ago I moved into a house that had lots of land and allowed me to start a small agricultural activity. A close friend of mine ran a pig farm and told a me, close friend of yours ran a pig farm. <laughs> loaded with other questions, isn't it? <laughs> and I said, if you want to get cows, go and go to East Angular and make a purchase. I confess I didn't know what to look for. But the moment I spied her, I knew she was the one for me. She had the most beautiful eyelashes and a really soft way of rolling her eyes. It was definitely love at first sight. Oh, and I slipped my half-flaccid penis up inside no. the cow and said, I'll take her. I fucked her big rubbery cow nostril hole. And then he goes on about how he was obsessed with magic roundabout and loves Ermatrude. And that's why he named his cow Ermatrude. He's got a thing for cows then. Yeah. And then he bought another two cows and named them Esmeralda and a Evangeline. Um, the original r- naming of the cows there. <laughs> the no, arrival Jesus. of your first cow was indeed a great moment. He wrote that sentence. <laughs> no one else would ever need to write that sentence by Noel Edmonds he's and a farmer. A, he's such a... Oh. <laughs> it's a moment of excitement to rival one's first bicycle, first dog, first parking ticket. But as we led our newest acquisition... First parking ticket? What are you yeah. talking about? That... Why are they all so obsessed with motoring as well? Do you know what I mean? Like, anyway, he goes on to talk about how he took the cow into the cow shed and the first thing it did was kick him. And now he's got a scar Yeah, on his it will leg. do that if you mess with their fannies. Yeah, <laughs> that's what happened. Like, everyone gone. Oh, <laughs> like, no, what happened? Oh, oh it kicked me. I was, just, yeah. I was just balls deep. I was trying deep. to fucking <laughs> knob, uh, fist Edmund. this cow. <laughs> It's probably why he got the Great Dane. He thought the cow would take uh, revenge. 
And then he goes on to say at the end, and then I'm going to buy a horse next so I can buy a lasso oh, yeah. and train in that way. Uh, so yeah, and then there's Mike Bat. There's a little thing about Mike Bat Mike in here. Mike Bat's in there. Why? Because he did the theme tune for Swap Shop, the original now, theme tune. There's two theme tunes, weren't there? At there's, least here's one, and then Hello Hello. This one I have to say is pretty fucking good. It slaps. I it believe slaps, they say, um, which you heard at the beginning of this segment. That is the original theme. You've played it, have you? Already, okay. yeah. There's a thing in here where John Craven talks about how you make a newspaper. Noel Edmonds talks about how he got stuck in the mud once. They talk about how to do an outside broadcast. I'll do pictures for our website. For people well, that's quite nice, all of that technical sort of yeah. detail. I how guess. to win a trip to the studio and be, a, a be on Swap Shop. That was a big deal for people. people I would have wanted to be on Swap Shop if I was a kid at that age. Yeah. Wouldn't you? No. I would have. Here's a good one as I well. I wanted to be on Jim will fix it. <laughs> I, that's the truth. No, oh. I know what you mean. Every kid did. They did. Unfortunately, they? it was a honey trap, that yeah. fucking thing. <laughs> so, a giant at the it movies. Was, There's a, a segment trap. in here. Uh, also, Paul, I just... With David I, Prowse, your favourite friend. Oh, David Prowse. So, David Prowse is in this for no reason. He's literally just on a page for no reason. It David says, Prowse was the Green Cross code yeah. man, and he played... Well, he, he helped to portray... Darth Vader. Darth Vader, because of his stature. Was he born a mighty man, asks the Swap Shop book. And Dave Prowse says, no, as a boy, I was so ill, I spent a whole year lying flat on my back on a hospital bed. Yeah, this is part of his whole origin story yeah. that he used to tell all, all the time. And when I finally said I could get up, I'd grown a foot. That must be unpleasant. I, where, where did it grow from? His hips? Ha 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 ha. It was his dick. He had a foot on his dick. He, had a, he grew his dick, grew a foot, and it wedged him up. That'd be horrible if he had a big foot on the end of your dick would it be that horrible yes no think about it it'd be fucking horrible <laughs> it'd be absolutely fucking horrible i'll tell you what if it had all the toes you uh the, the condom would fit like a glove no it wouldn't it would fit like a sock <laughs> <laughs> so anyway he decided to exercise to kind of get back some of his body mass he'd lost from being in yes, hospital that is the whole story and then he yeah. says and then i taught christopher reeve how to become superman in six weeks oh he trained reeve yeah, I think I'd heard Do that you know story what the, as well. The saddest part about—is he like a stunt man? No, Prowse. I don't think he was. He was a strong man, though. Just a yeah, Athlet- probably yeah, athletic. athletic. So, yeah. But the interesting thing and the sad thing about him is that you know he was the Green Cross Code man. Went on. I, I don't know what the timeline is, but he was also Darth Vader around about the same time. Yes. But do you know what he was replaced by when it came to the Green Cross Code? An R two D two type fucking robot. Oh, uh, really? So imagine being. The Green Cross code man, where your, your face off. is yeah. on the screen. I mean, now we don't need you. We're going to get that other Tim Pot bastard yeah. in the film you're in. Yeah. Star Wars again. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, we got this. And then, oh, uh, another page of Noel Evans talking about how he bought a lamb. Leave them alone, Noel. He's a, I don't give a fuck about your fucking burdened Matthews Why is everything industry. about his fucking farm? He just didn't want to talk about anything else. He had nothing to talk no, about. No, you've got five pages in this book. What do you want to talk about? Your oh, music interests, your guests. Yeah. Well, actually, I think kids would like to know about how I fucked a cow and got my fingers <laughs> in a lamb. Don't you not, Don't you remember having a dream about owning a farm? No, no one no, does. No one does. No, you fucking idiot. And and then that's the book in a nutshell, really. It 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 it's full of stuff, but mostly it's about how they make the show. And and also, if you if you want how to put a teddy in a basket, you can hang that teddy in a basket. Hang a teddy yeah. in a basket. So there's a few blue petery make and do things. Yeah, here. which are very tame, very very uh, tame. Tiswas wouldn't mess with any of that crap. And then actually, there's a page on here about the Chegwins. So Keith Chegwin has a twin brother. They perform songs for each other some of the time. And then for Janice each- Long okay. is the third sibling. Who we lost recently. Sadly, yes. Yeah. And then and then also they talk about how there was a late night swap shop, but it wasn't there a late was night. It was a late night well, swap shop as well. No, they copy it, everything. No, no, no. I need to rephrase this. Basically, what they did was they had a top of the pops for swap shop where they would film all the musical acts who wouldn't want to get up at six in the morning to go and be on the show. 
So ah. they're talking about how they film those special segments with the pop acts. Because as someone else points out, imagine you're Blondie and you've been doing cooking coke and drinking all night. And it's like your agent goes, I don't remember. Four o'clock start for yeah, the fucking swap children shop. in a field. Like, yeah. Lots of kids are going to be saying, how did you get your name Blondie? Yeah, yeah, Where yeah. did you think of all the class? And you're thinking, oh, God, Fuck my life. I think I yeah. snorted some drugs off fucking Boy George's arsehole yeah, last yeah. night. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, but again, it's that tension between the sort of adult, adult orientated pop acts and yeah. the very young audience, you know? Imagine being fucking... It's I a know. unique time in a lot of ways. And that is one of the aspects, the sort of... That tension. I wonder. I don't know what pop music is like, but it's not presented in children's TV now. Well, no, because MTV mean? kind of ruined that when you think about it. Because everything yeah. became about music videos and slick production. And the whole, like the whole, all of these age groups, the, the demographics have been much more identified, sliced identified, sliced up, and and marketed to separately yeah. over the years. But they're trying to sort of market to a huge age range here. You know, I mean, all the way from the young children to teenagers, basically, yeah. they're trying. But to... if you're like the lead singer of Echo and the Bunny Man, and at eight o'clock in the morning you're faced with Keith Chegwin, how do you not take coke? Yeah, I know. How 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 can you not go? I've got to do yeah. coke to get through this. Basically, what you're saying is they had a a recording so... session where they'd actually get all the pop bands, and it would be in the evening, like in the like evening, normal, and then right? they could just you know show it in the morning and, and make. Is that it... what they did? Yeah. So, like, lots of kids would come to, you know, Studio Centre and see all these big pop acts. and None of them were there when they were there. Well, they, and then, like, Keith Chagan would perform a few songs to keep people interested wow. between the acts. So, it was like, yeah, all right. We're going to... Before... Come on. We're going to... Me and my cousin, my brother, we're going to sing... Uh, oh, we do it with his brother. We're going to sing Ferry Cross the Mersey. So, yeah, I mean, it's, so, yeah, I believe he's... I mean, I don't know if he's dead, but I presume he's the only surviving Chegger. Poor old Chegger. Yeah. Right, Poor moving on. Because we have to talk... We've talked about it in the past, but let's talk about it again. Because Briefly, it's because we're talking about all the merch, Paul. Yeah. And they released the BBC TV series theme to Swap Shop. Well, that's the B-side, because the A-side is I'll be a winner or whatever it is. No, no, it? that's... You're reading the bottom, which is the B-side. No, but look, the title of this seven-inch single, which I hold in my hand here, yeah. which is on graph paper, a bit swatty. Is it a double A, then? Is that what they're saying? Yeah, well, it just says, from the BBC TV series Swap Shop, and then it lists the two tunes. I yeah. mean, it's not really a double A or anything. They're just trying to sell it all on the fact that it's from Swap Shop. It got basically. to number 26 in 1980 or whatever it was. And it's it was. a song called I Want to Be a Winner, Stroke Hello Hello Swap Shop Theme. Which is the second Swap Shop theme, because the first one must have been... The Mike Bat one. The Mike Bat one. Much better. Yeah, because that was written by B.A. Robertson. The second this one. one. Hello, yeah, hello. and it's a terrible sort of... Um, Dave Edmonds, I think, is on it as well. It's sort of a Cod Calypso sort of thing, isn't it? Well, I'll yeah, tell you what, let's play it right now.
Hello, hello is the... Sw- no, I want to be a winner isn't the theme. That's just a song. No, I know. Yet. I've said that. Okay. The it's- theme is hello, hello. But that's taken from the other Swap Shop theme. But what not was the I original. Want to Be a Winner? Did they do that on the that show? That was an original song that they uh, released and sang as a single. There must have been some context for it. Yeah, probably on the show. I'll tell you what, let's have a look. Because I know they, because the, 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 they weren't called Swap Shop. The, the band is called Brown. Brown Sauce. <laughs> yeah. Along with the B-side, I Want to Be a Winner was a one-off novelty single by a group that didn't actually exist. Brown Source consisted of Noel Edmonds, Keith Chegwin, Maggie Philbin. Can you imagine? Produced by B.A. Robertson, who co-wrote it with Edmonds. Oh. But I think that's Dave Edmonds, not Noel. Really? Okay. I think it is. Uh, 81 in UK and Germany. Uh, I Want to Be a Winner contains a number of cultural references that future listeners will find difficult to identify. Barbara Woodhouse is quoted in there, and Hurricane Higgins is in there as well. I, I recognise all three of those. Um, Chegwin singing the line, I have no desire to marry Diana, probably came as a relief to Philbin because she married him the following year, although they divorced in 1993. It's shit. Well, my question is, was it like a gag in the show where they formed the band for one segment and then the joke was, well, let's see if we can release it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like Everyone The Buccaneers was... did that. The yeah. Buccaneers, because they were like, well, let, that song was popular. Let's remake it and release I know, it as a single. But they didn't pose as a band. They just did a, re- a sort of comedy novelty record. But here, they're actually posing as if they're like a proper band or something. It's I mean, I guess. But yeah, it's it's not an awful song. It's considering pretty awful. It's reminiscent of the style of the time, which is that slightly glam. Yeah. Pop, rock sort thing. Sort of glammy. It's a bit glammy. You know, yeah. um, the B-side, Hello, Hello, is a fine theme. But it's, it's not. It it's very... I'd hate to say it, but it's nowhere near as good as Mike Batts. No, Mike Batts really is very good. And I think... Uh, the Wombles theme is a, is a classic, personally. Remember you're a Womble. Not that one. Remember, no. remember, no. remember you're a Womble. No. Because he didn't write the Wombles theme, did he? Yes, he did. What's that theme then? The Wombles of Wimbledon. Come and are we? Making, making good, good use of the things, things that we find. The things that the everyday folks leave behind. Uncle Bulgaria, he can remember the days when he wasn't behind the times. It's got a sort of McCartney-esque lilt to it, the whole thing. He's got a very McCartney-esque lilt to it. Oh, there's a recipe by Delia Smith in here as well. She was banging around back then as well. Yes. She she says squidgy chocolate biscuits or cheese 
crusted scones. I'll have a cheese crusted scone, please. Oh, I'll have one of them. Uh, and then, yeah. I'll I like just... a cheese crusted scone, actually. Good idea. Nasty, I'm really hungry for one of those now. <laughs> That'd be really quite nice. We've got fucking two other shows to cover. This has been the worst idea you've ever had for a I'm show. I'm going to end on some of Keith Chegwin's favourite jokes. This oh, is no. Keith... But didn't he get accused of nicking on, on Twitter in recent years? He was at it already then. On his Twitter account, he was repeating other people's jokes. And that's what he's doing here. Oh, it started in 1976 wow. by accounts of things. How does a fly commit suicide? Kid wrote this joke. <laughs> he, uh, he doesn't eat. A lot of fly death in these kids' shows, I've realised <laughs> as well. <laughs> the, the, the fly just simply stops eating. No, he watches SWAT shop. But if he watched SWAT... Oh. Oh, doctor, that's... doctor, I think I'm a bell. Well, hold this and I'll ring you. That's oh. basically what it is, yeah. <laughs> Take these tablets. If they don't work, give me a ring. What did the German... You'll like this one, I think. I don't know why, but I think you'll like this one. <laughs> I know, I like it already. What did the German <laughs> policeman say to his chest? You are the first. <laughs> I can't believe you got so close and still fucked it. You are... You're uh, so close, come on. his chest, you are... German, think about it. You are the brat first. You no, are... <laughs> forget sausage. Forget the sausage. What should I think of? Just think about how you would be a policeman if you were German. Let's be having you. No, it's not that. The answer is, you are under a vest. Under a vest. Under a vest. I knew that. And again. Can you, can you re-edit it so it sounds like I, I got I'll it? Just, I'll just, just say it, it now. Let's just do it now. Okay. Okay. What did the German policeman say to his chest, Eli? Uh, uh, you are under a vest. No, it's what you are the brat first. <laughs> <laughs> right. Last one. What do cannibals play at parties? Again, kids wrote these <laughs> fucking things. What do they play? Head bongos. Empty head bongos. Empty head bongos <laughs> is the best. No, they got. play uh, man's gut string guitar. No. Um, brain Sunday. No, this is painful. <laughs> the answer is swallow my leader. Swallow my leader's camel down him. Yes, that's the one. That's the one, Eli. I don't think I can do the rest of this show, Paul. Well, listen, look, we are <laughs> only halfway through. Halfway through we've been our going Saturday for two morning. hours. Yeah. So we are going to come back next week, ladies and gentlemen, and we're going to tackle the cream of the crop, number 73 in Saturday Superstore. And then at the end, we're going to judge all of them together. So join us then. Okay. Wait, we should probably do a proper outro. Yeah, uh, we have to do a proper outro, yeah. Let me just put a little sound effect in here and then we'll do a proper outro. Okay. That's the end of that episode and at the end of our surprise two-part two series on Saturday morning TV shows. Well, Paul, I've enjoyed it so far. I think everyone knows who the winner is for me so far. Well, I don't know. Maybe it's next week. Maybe next week you'll change your mind because next week we're going to be talking about number 73, which did something really interesting, which we'll get into and did make it stand out from everything else. And we'll be talking about the absolute shit show drive pile of shit that is Saturday Morning Superstar. Now, I don't want to put my feelings out there about what I think will I win or lose. I think I agree, because it's but got that cunt Mike Reed on it as Mike well, Reed is just a absolute he's worse frothy than cock splosh. He's worse than Edmunds. In a world of Edmunds as well, he's worse. In the one-eyed kingdom, Mike Reed is blind. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. But we're going to be talking about that next week. So join us next week where we will finish off our Saturday morning breakfast kids show showdown show showdown. Um, up until then, uh, support us on Patreon if you can, but only if you can, please. Patreon.com forward slash cheap show. Everything you want else Thanks, is on our website, thecheapshow.co.uk. It's there for links to our merch, Patreon videos, episodes, pictures. All the photos of the stuff we've covered today. It's all there. 
It's all, it's all there. there. So the Cheap Show at Code at UK. Um, we're on Instagram. We're on Facebook. You can find us by looking for Cheap Show or Cheap Show Pod. But we're most chatty on Twitter. So I'm at Paul Gannon Show. Eli is. Eli Snoid. And that is spelled E-L-I-S-N-O-I-D. Paul, are you going to take... Sorry, I forgot to say and at the Cheap Show Pod. Are you going to take a photo of me in my new Nissan Cup noodle tat? Is that yeah, going to be I'm definitely going to do that. So you, I'll be taking a picture, and that'll be on okay. the page for this particular episode on our website. Is that it? I've enjoyed this. I know, you know, I know people like eat dicks and talk about spoff. We did talk about spoff quite a fair amount. I mean, we talked about... Do you want Ed- to squeeze a little bit, drop it out now? I don't want to do that. I just Save it for next week. Yeah. Because we're talking about Mike Reed. Yeah. Now, I- there's ever a reason to talk about sploshy cum. It's where Mike Reed's face is in my direction. Paul, I just want to say I'm quite interested how gunge developed as an issue in TV. And I think this this does throw some light on it because you said the water. Yeah. If you think about it, if you put that pie in water, the Tiswas pie in water, I mean, and mix, mixed sludge. it all up, it turns a bit gungey, doesn't it? It's the missing link, maybe. But what I will say is this, is that Noel Edmonds was all like, no, oh, Tiswas do all this. Because like, Tiswas took the piss out of Swap Shop on air. They would laugh about it. Well, they could. But Noel never did. But I think, I mean, and a lot of these differences are to do with the fact that the BBC is funded publicly. So it has to be seen. And so it has to do things. Whereas Tiz was, has freer reign because it's an independent production from an independent company. And also, you have to have something to react against. And the best thing to react against is the BBC. RTB, yes. Because the BBC, you know, Swap Shop would run a camera outside and talk about the people in the studio. Can you talk about your auntie again, please? Auntie, yeah. Well, funnily enough, my auntie's really into... uh, Vegetables. Uh, well, here's what you'd be interested to find out. She likes to put sliced fruit into <sighs> toasters. Fuck! I saw her the other day, and she took this big lemon and sliced the slice out of the center. What did she say, though? She went, I snuffed, I snuffed. <laughs> snuff, snuff. Join us next week, everyone. And then Paul she is... put it in the toaster, and then just put the little handle down. No, I'm, I'm not interested now. You're not interested? No, this is, no. It's not in a, it's two things wrong with it. The colour of a lemon is yellow, and I only like green veg going in an oven with one of your female relatives. So um, if I mix it to a slice of lime? Yeah. Slice of lime in and the oven. And do it in the accent. Ooh, we put me fucking lime in. And I dare so me auntie, she put a big fucking slice of lime in the uh, toaster oh, the other the day. Oh, the toaster! And put it on to max setting. Yeah, fucking... And she put the little... She probably electrocuted herself, actually. No, she put a little finger down and pressed the little <laughs> thing. <laughs> And That's a zinger. Shots. And then when I the line popped out, about your auntie. she slapped it up there. Right, there we go. That's the end of that episode, everybody. <laughs> Thanks, everyone. See you next week for part two of our Saturday morning showdown. Bye. Bye, Bye everyone. Bye. Bye. Everyone. Bye. Bye.